0: There's something about him, I feel like it's me, I'm looking right at him, he's literally me. Welcome to another episode of Literally Him, a deep dive into Ryan Gosling's filmography. I'm your co-host Joseph. And I'm your co-host Emilio. Welcome back to another episode, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking through our middle or little uh, hiatus. But hey, we're back. Uh, you know, the holidays are fucking crazy. Work is fucking crazy. Getting sick is fucking crazy. But mm-hmm.
1: hey, here we are. So, we're so I, just wanted to,
0: <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, Amelia, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Um, I'm kind of coming out of a some type of four-day bender. Which <laughs> <laughs> Not fun. Um, but yeah, I've had like a few days to recover now and I'm back to normal.
0: Do you like do anything to get you back after a bender? Like what are your, some of your remedies to like cure a hangover?
1: Um, well, I kind of realized that my hangovers don't last super long. I think when I wake up, it's when I initially feel it the most And then around like three or four, it kind of pretty much goes away. But I just drink a shitload of water. Um, I kind of don't eat anything all day until like later on during the day. I have like a Gatorade or a hydration pack or something. Um, I just try to not have any interactions with people. (laughs) I try (laughs) to have like zero interaction throughout the worst of my hangover. And then... Yeah, by like the evening, I'm fine and ready to drink again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is this the longest you've gone drinking like four days in a row, or have you done longer before?
1: It was technically like one day of not even, not even like hard drinking. It was just uh, being out all night and staying up with friends and talking like all night into the morning and then I had one full day of recovery. Then I had work and then I, so I had like a few drinks at work and then Sunday I had work again. So actually Saturday I couldn't even drink that much, but I consider it cause I did drink. Um, and then it was like a coworker's birthday. So we went out to, uh, echo park and then that led into a heavy drinking night. <laughs> <laughs> And for the listeners,
0: this is 100% the reason why we had to skip two weeks, because I just couldn't <laughs> stop drinking. <laughs> I was just
1: drinking for two weeks straight. <laughs>
0: this guy was shit-faced like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, no, yeah, we uh, took a little time off, and we're back. Um, I've been, I got sick the first week, um, so we couldn't do anything, and I lost my voice completely. And then as we were rolling into the next week, I watched the movie that we're going to review today, and so did Emilio, and then Emilio got sick, so we just kind of fucked up, but eh, whatever. We're back. Yeah, now. Um be back. Emilio, you've remarked to me several times um, that Kevin Spacey is your favorite actor, and especially after the allegations came out, you, kept, you said that you like him even more. <laughs> yeah, I
1: doubled down on that. <laughs>
0: I feel bad saying that. Of course <laughs> he has never said that. <laughs> but like um when we first pitch watching this movie, we both noticed that Kevin Spacey's in it and we both like said out loud, yikes. <laughs> but um Oof. what is what is your like um what is your thoughts on Kevin
1: Spacey as an actor and as a piece of shit human being? <laughs> um you know, like I'm not I was never, like, super enamored by him. I mean, he was good in, like, The Usual Suspects. He's good in Seven. Um, He he was great in House of Cards, playing, like, a fucking narcissistic psycho, um, which he is in real life. Um, Yeah, I just, like, I wasn't, like, a super big fan of, of him in general. And then all that stuff started coming out. And I actually... Remember watching a clip because I was watching a clip with John Bernthal. He's an actor in like The Walking Dead, and he's in The Wolf of Wall Street. He's in a lot of different stuff, uh, but it was for Fury. And or what they were talking about Fury because this was years later, and they were asking him about how it was to work with Kevin Spacey on a Baby Driver because he was in that movie, and they asked him like, "Oh, did you?" believe any of the allegations like how did you feel about it he's like you know like I didn't know him too well I knew of him I heard he was like kind of weird and kind of an asshole but my first interaction with, with him was um, someone like his agent or something turned to him and said oh like Kevin Spacey's right there and uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to go say hi to him. So he went to go tap Kevin Spacey. He's like, hey, um, I'm like one of your co-stars. And Kevin Spacey turned around and he had his hand like through the uh, zipper of his pants. And he was like, hey, good to meet you. And he expected John Bernthal to like shake his hand <laughs> through his pants. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, So, yeah, I think that guy is a piece of shit. <laughs> He's a... Uh, he just he plays like it's so it's so funny like watching this movie because he plays like this asshole and i can just picture him just not even trying to act like that's just him
0: it is <laughs> funny because when he's introduced in the movie like so one of the actors remarks like uh oh yeah he's a drunk and he's a womanizer and he says all this like bad shit about him i was like wow this aged really well yeah <laughs> like he's <laughs> he's such an asshole and then like um besides that uh I remember seeing Kevin Spacey in American beauty and this movie kind of reminded me of American beauty. And I remember watching that as a kid and kind of liking it, even though like some of the themes went over my head and then rewatching it, um, years later and thinking, wow, this is a very fucking creepy movie. (laughs) This older gentleman is falling for a teenager. That is fucking strange that so many people were captivated by this creepy ass movie. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, Another thing that he does often that he pops up in is that um, he does a Christopher Walken impersonation and you can find countless fucking videos of Kevin Spacey doing Christopher Walken impersonations. And I just find it to this point to be super cheesy whenever anyone does a Christopher Walken impersonation. And then uh, the last thing about him, I always (laughs) think about when I think of Kevin Spacey. Come on,
1: Joseph. (laughs) You don't, you don't mean that. (laughs) <laughs> unless you you know you you do
0: Christopher Walken just walked into the podcast oh my god Mr. Walken can I call you Christopher
1: I mean sure oh. if you can if you want
0: <laughs> oh man and um whatever i think of kevin spacey i also think about when the out uh, the um whenever uh i don't know what you would call it the truth came out about him mm. he made a video of him in character as his character oh, from house yeah. of Cards, and he shot it from his fucking uh kitchen and he was just like i'm not done with you you need me and it's just like Oh my god. If you guys have not seen that video like Google Kevin Spacey House of Cards character and like you'll find it. It's so fucking
1: bad. So stupid. In character too. That's so insane. I think like he did that too because they were about to wrap up like the last season of House of Cards. Right. And so like obviously when um stories and allegations pop up there is a huge chance that the actor is going to get dropped indefinitely. Mm-hmm. So I I can imagine like that's why he's like oh I'll do this like in character, but it's just such a bad move. Yeah, like it's it's
0: as if he made that so that people could see like he's so fucking good at that character. Like he yeah. needs to be on the last season, and uh, as we know, he was killed off, and his <laughs> uh and his co-star takes over. Uh, His Mm co-star being um, Robin Wright. Oh, Robin Wright. Takes over. Yeah. And as we know, in the cinematic universe of Ryan Gosling, he works with Robin Wright in Blade Runner 2049. So, yeah, Kevin Spacey can go fuck himself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But getting to this movie, uh, Amelia, do you have a synopsis ready for us?
1: Yes, I do. So, a withdrawn young man, Leland Fitzgerald, stupid name, is imprisoned for the murder of a mentally disabled boy, who also happened to be the brother of his girlfriend, Becky. As the community struggles to deal with the killing, Pearl Madison, a teacher at the prison, decides to write about Leland's case. Meanwhile, others affected by the murder, including Becky and her sister Julie, must contend with their own problems.
0: Yeah, so this movie came out in two thousand three, and it had a number of awards from like um, indie did? film festivals. Yeah, it, had, it has three actually from the Duville the Duville Film Festival, the San Diego Film Critics uh, Society Awards, and the Sundance Film Festival. What um, were
1: people on in the early two
0: thousands? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, I think that goes. It goes back to my point about like American beauty being such a like esteemed movie back in the early nineties. And like this movie feels like it's very akin to it where it's like this like existential look of society, but it just ages really poorly. And man, I thought this
1: movie kind of fucking sucked. (laughs) Yeah. I honestly, I, I didn't really like this movie. It Me was neither. just like, um, too like, just a bunch of word vomit in it. Honestly, seriously. Yeah. I think that's a great way to
0: summarize it. They're trying to be so like deep in this movie and I really don't like it. Um, we'll get to the scene eventually, but there's a scene where, uh, Don Cheadle and Ryan Gosling are talking. And Don Cheadle tells like Ryan Gosling's character, like, hey, um, you're only human. You know, you made a mistake. And um, Ryan Gosling's character, Leland, looks back and he goes, yeah, isn't it funny how people always say you're only human after you do something bad? And it's like, yeah, dumbass. When else are yeah. you fucking supposed to say that? <laughs> like, that's not deep, dude. You just sound like a fucking moron.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he is like playing what, a 17 year old in this movie?
0: Yeah, but everyone treats him like he's so like profound in everything he says. So uh, yeah, honestly, uh, like isn't that so
1: fucking weird? (laughs)
0: Like people are
1: just like, especially uh, Don Cheadle's character is just so enamored by this dude. Even seeing him on the news, he's like, "There's something special about this guy," and it's like, "What are you talking about, dude?" Like he just killed somebody. Well, let's go ahead and get
0: into it. So, um, yeah. So, the movie is The United States of Leland. Um, I rented this on Amazon Prime. And as I was looking up clips of the movie, I found it 100% free on YouTube. <laughs> what about you? How did you watch that? Oh,
1: what? Yeah, I rented <laughs> it on Amazon Prime too. Damn it. It's, it's, like, it's
0: uh, in clips. It's like one out of 11 clips. But I do oh. want to say for whatever reason on youtube the audio is like way fucking better on amazon prime the audio like was a little bit muddy it Mm -hmm. could have been my speakers or something on my tv but yeah on youtube it sounds fucking crystal clear (laughs) but um do you want to walk us through the opening intro
1: yeah so it's basically um we're introduced to like a park area and leland is talking over he's like narrating but what he's narrating is uh shown that he just killed this uh kid and he stabs himself in the hand and uh yeah that was pretty much the opening <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so um i don't really like the narration that Ryan Gosling is doing as the character Leland mm-hmm. um I wanted to ask you, like, Leland is a reserved character that obviously has experienced some type of trauma that we get into in the film. But, like, his voice right off the bat was kind of annoying me how, like, soft and, like, timid (laughs) it is. And he talks like this. Like, what did you think of his voice?
1: Yeah, it was very, like, um, it was like he was trying to do, like, a timid, kind of, like, awkward Teenager like, oh you know, I'm, I'm kinda of a little different. Yeah. I wear beanies, yeah, I'm a little different.
0: We're we're both just doing like a Michael Jackson impersonation <laughs> right now.
1: I'm a little different.
0: <laughs> I didn't the, know uh, you were such such a good <laughs> uh, so good at doing impersonations. You have Christopher Walken, Michael
1: Jackson. <laughs> Shamona. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Uh, he kind of reminds me of like that clip from that Riverdale show with the the one of the Sprouse kids. Oh yeah, where and he's, he's like, like, "I'm I'm weird." Uh, I can't I can't remember it for the life of me. Yeah, why do you think I always
0: wear this stupid hat? No one wears a stupid hat
1: or yeah. something like that. <laughs> I'm yeah. weird. I'm different. I'm not cool. Like, this movie really, really
0: this voice reminds me of. Really gives the vibe of like someone you just met. Like if someone you just met was like, "This is my favorite movie, The United States of Leland," I'd be like, "Okay, so now I know that you're fucking annoying and stupid." <laughs> <Like> this, <laughs> this movie sucks. It tries so hard to be deep. So, um, we cut from Leland just kill, just uh, having murdered some random kid that we don't know who who he is. Um, we cut from him bleeding on the middle of the street to a shot of Becky. Becky's introduced and Becky is played by an actor named uh, Jenna Malone. And she is in her room, um, you know, typical teenager in her room, but she's fucking shooting up heroin in the opening yeah. scene. And then um, her dad abruptly walks in and she like hides all her stuff. And she's like, Oh, hi dad. How's it going? She just pretends she's reading a book. um, And the dad asks about her brother, ironically named ryan this kid named ryan is not ryan gosling it's the <laughs> the boy that leland ryan gosling's character just murdered um what did you think of the introduction to becky in this scene
1: yeah at first i was kind of like what the fuck is this chick doing and then i saw her put a band-aid on her arm i was like no way <laughs> no she's doing heroin in the room what the hell not even <laughs> like there." Or weed
0: yeah. or so like fucking heroin, are you kidding me? Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then um like we get introduced to the rest of the family. She has like uh uh older sister who was played by Michelle Williams. Um yeah. and then Michelle Williams's boyfriend actually lives with them. And this guy's actually been in a lot of like early two thousand stuff. Chris Klein. Yeah.
0: Chris Klein, his name's Alan. Um I immediately recognized him from the American Pie movies. He's really funny in those
1: it's so funny like when i saw him pop up i was like oh this is like this is an old movie (laughs) (laughs) this is a long time ago yeah because he was all over the place back then um but yeah so it just like we get there's kind of like so many little moving there's so many little subplots going on and there's so many uh little things moving like behind the scenes i think i think the main problem with this movie is that there's just too many
0: characters, and the pacing is all over the place. Because, as we'll talk about in the movie, they constantly fucking cut back and forth with no warning for uh, to the past, to the back to the present, and it's back to the past to set up this like little snippet in time to explain something, and it's fucking disorienting. Um, so we get introduced to the rest of the family. It's Julie, like uh, like Emilio said, played by Michelle Williams, which is cool to see her. Yeah, the movie with Ryan Gosling before A Blue Valentine. And um, uh, so from this, we see that uh, Julie's mom is also... Uh, so Julie is sisters with Becky, right? They live with their parents, and Alan, Julie's boyfriend, lives there too. Uh, the mom gets a phone call, and she gets really frantic. We cut to a scene where Becky is watching the TV. She's like, looks like she's like still high from the fucking heroin. She just shot up and she sees (laughs) on the news that there is a body discovered at a local park and her dad is sitting in the background. So Mm -hmm. the new, we just see like little scenes where the news is breaking that their brother Ryan is discovered dead in the park. And on top of that, they already found the murderer. It's fucking, it's her boyfriend. It's Leland who did it. And then we cut to Don Cheadle, being introduced. Do you want to uh, walk us through the scene where Don Cheadle's introduced?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> uh, basically Don Cheadle plays a teacher in, um, I believe it's like a, a jail or a prison for uh, minors. And he gets a call from one of his coworkers saying that, Oh, you're going to get a, oh, damn. I can't remember the, um, the phrase they use S S T K or some, something. Some I can't even remember. Did you write it down by chance? <laughs> I have no idea. Ah, damn it. Um, but they call him like psycho, like psycho killer kid or something. And he's like, Oh, you're gonna get this guy in your in your class, and he's like, No, I don't think so. And um his coworker just has no problem dropping the R word about the kid that was killed. I think he says it like six times in this movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they say it so casually, like everyone does. Like, oh, that's the kid who killed the R-word kid. It's like, holy, diff- different <laughs> fucking time. Holy shit.
1: Also, I think we should uh, mention that Ryan is, um, I believe he might be autistic or he could potentially have Down syndrome. They don't really go into specifics of like what he struggles with. But yeah, liter- literally everybody who is not in the family refers to this dead child as the R word. It's so f- fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange because like
0: they I also googled the actor who plays Ryan and maybe like some redemption, not really, would be like having like c- casting an actor that is like does have special needs, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't do that, <laughs> and they have a they just have an actor playing someone with special needs, and it's very strange when they do that. I just want to point out that so far in the movies that we've covered of Ryan Gosling, um, the movie he did previous to this one was The Believer and Murder by Numbers. So, like, yeah, man, his career really took a weird trajectory, especially early on, because uh, yeah. this movie is fucking strange, dude. Like, I I was really scared to talk about it because I don't even know how to fucking give a synopsis on it because it just uh,
1: whatever we'll try our best (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh it's weird there's like a lot of um because there's like so many characters they have to flesh out like why like why they're doing the things they're doing and but the whole time like we as the audience just want to know like why did Leland kill this kid
0: and like
1: that's like the big that's also like the big question for most of the characters. Like they're all going through the motions of, you know, the family, uh, like Becky's family is going through the motions of, you know, losing the, a son and a, and a brother and uh, uh, Leland's parents are also dealing with the effect that, or the fact that their son's a killer, but it just doesn't really like do a good job of, like you said, like pacing that, like showing how each character is affected by it. I mean, cause there were some points where there was like a scene between, um, the Becky's, uh, sister and her boyfriend. And I was like, why are we watching this? Like, right. Um, there's just so much context that the movie is trying to set up. And then there are, kind of is barely like a payoff at the end but it's just so convoluted it's so convoluted in uh coming off as like existential poetry Uh, well off from Leland because Leland's mostly the one narrating and Leland is mostly the one talking so it it's it's just all like like I said earlier, it's just all word vomit. Like, that's kind of what I got from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, it makes me, once again, not to compare it a thousand times to American Beauty, but, like, it reminds me of the character, the boyfriend who, like, films that fucking, like, trash bag that's floating in the wind. Mm-hmm. And when he's talking about it and he starts crying of like, it's free and whatever, all the movement, whatever. It's just like, I feel like executives saw that movie and were like, let's make a movie about that kid. And he murders someone. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay. but and um, everyone
1: uses the R word. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have that in.
0: <laughs> um, and so we cut to the next day. Um, so Don Cheeto's character is named Pearl. We see that he works at the jail and he is the teacher for the juveniles that are in juvie. And we're also introduced to another character. Um, or this character's name is Aisha, and it's played by a young Kerry Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pearl, Don Cheadle's character, obviously has like somewhat of a crush on Aisha. And later it's revealed that this pesky, pesky Don Cheadle, or uh, Pearl, I should say, <laughs> um, has a fucking girlfriend in California. And he's flirting with a fucking co-worker. Um, we're also told that, uh, th- via Pearl that uh Leland's dad is a famous writer who he describes as a drunk, a prick, misogynistic, uh, and it's played by Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> and, his da- and Kevin Spacey's name is Albert Fitzgerald. Uh, do you want to walk us through the scene where Albert Fitzgerald is introduced?
1: Yeah, so he's on a plane, I imagine, heading to uh, go see Leland or to see what's happening to check on um, his ex wife, I'm assuming, and he catches, um, this older, uh, older lady reading the paper and you can see right on the front page that there's a picture of him and it's associating Leland with, uh, him cause he's obviously his father. And he asks her like, Oh, can I get the paper when you're done? And she's like, Oh, do you want like the life or the business? He's like, Oh, I actually just want the first page and she uh but i'll he but he he kind of like nicely says i'll look at it when you're done and then she turns to him, she's like you're famous like aren't you an actor and he's like yeah i was uh in a musical about drunk pirates i played P- captain morgan and the lady's nice like, <laughs> and then he's like oh this guy's kind of a prick <laughs> She <just> turns around <laughs> Yeah, he's a what he's is, a real fucking prick in this movie.
0: He's a huge dickhead. <laughs> I like that. You remember that line because I was like scrambling to be like, "What the fuck did he say?" Because it was so stupid, and I hate yeah. it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then even like I throughout the movie, he never goes to visit Leland. <laughs> like he never goes to see his son. I don't even. I think he only meets up with like his ex wife once. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, it's. Yeah, he's just a fucking asshole in this movie, but also everyone knows he is. Uh, I think his his character writes a book about how America is shit, so he moves to Paris. I mean, I'm all for like American criticism, but not from that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, so from the scene we see that Leland is in jail and he um we get introduced to another minor character who honestly is like not needed in the movie whatsoever, but it's in there, and it's played by Michael Peña, and his name's Guillermo.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, the other time that um, Ryan Gosling works with uh, Michael Peña will be in Gangster Squad. And in both movies, they play very stereotypical Mexican people.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he walks in, Michael Peña's character Guillermo walks in, and he has the most fucking stereotypical like, Mexican-American accent, which I don't even want to do because it's just so like bad. But uh you you're Mexican, you can do it. <laughs> okay, if I must. <laughs> hey, what's up, homie?
1: What you in here for?
0: Yeah, so it's that. Yeah. And one of his lines is um he asks him, like, what are you in for? And then like uh Leland doesn't say, and he says something to the effect of like, you white boys ain't to that, ain't into that gang shit, right? Yeah. And it's a very like throwaway scene like he's not he's intense but he's not like a complete asshole to Leland and we see that uh like Leland is in this jail and attending this school and Pearl's his teacher
1: um is there anything else you want to point out in the scene uh the the, so I did want to not necessarily for the scene but it kind of like builds up a scene prior to it but Pearl has like this fascination with Leland and he really wants to try to get Leland like one-on-one. So obviously he knows that Leland is the son of a writer. So I feel like that's why he gives them all like journals. Cause at the end of this scene, Leland asks him, Oh, can I keep my journal uh, so I can keep writing? And Pearl says, well, no, like you're not allowed to take anything back to your cell. And so, after this he actually goes back to Leland and he sneaks over the journal and the pencil because he wants Leland to write because he's oddly fascinated by a white killer. <laughs> I do. It
0: is funny because like uh, they have a journal and the journal is titled the United States and it has a picture of like the uh, Statue of Liberty and Uh, Don Cheadle's character, Pearl, notices that Leland uh, scratches and writes on the cover so that now it says the United States of Leland, which is the title of the movie. And he has this moment where he's like, oh, my God, he wrote. That's crazy. Like, it's no like what the like he just scribbled on the front. Why are you acting
1: as if like this is a profound moment? (laughs) It's kind of dumb. (laughs) Yeah, this movie was uh, a little weird a lot of the characters in this movie are weird. Cause like right after this, it cuts to while Leland's writing, he's begins to write in this journal. And this is where like a lot of the narration comes from, from Ryan Gosling. Um, But it goes to a flashback when Leland is hanging out with his girlfriend, Becky late at night. And she keeps asking him if like she can be uh, his guardian angel. And he's like, well, I mean like I can't, like I can't be like a guardian angel. And she says, well, like, just promise you're going to protect me. He's like, I mean, I can't promise that. Like, What if I'm not around you and something happens? <laughs> like, I, I think it's so funny how how much of a critical thinker he is in this movie. Cause he's super just, like, realistic. Yeah, he's just like, how am I supposed to do that? I can't even be around you all the time. Like, how? why am I going to make this promise? But she just keeps asking, like, no, promise me. Like, promise me you're going to do this. He's like, no, I can't. <laughs>
0: Becky is like really high strung for a heroin addict. I found that to be unrealistic. (laughs) Hey, don't you, don't you guys kind
1: of like mellow, you know,
0: (laughs) relax.
1: Yeah. And then also like right after this scene, um, Kevin Spacey, uh, Albert is driving in the town and then he goes to, uh, the house where Leland and, uh, his ex wife lived. And this woman hops over the wall. Whose name is Beth. And, That's, uh,
0: that took me a while to understand what that was. But that was Leland's mom, right?
1: I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah. So, she hops over and he, like, calls out to her. And then, like, we get nothing from that scene after that. Because yeah. it cuts to a different scene. I
0: didn't understand that fucking scene, like whatsoever like now that we're talking about it, I think what the scene was that he that um uh uh fuck what's the name Kevin Spacey's character pulls up to the house to try mm-hmm. to meet up with Mary Beth and he notices that there's like people and reporters out front I think she hopped the back fence to avoid them I think yeah. but like watching it the first time I was like why is this so confusing? This should be straightforward like why is this not clicking for me? think the movie is just all over the place and it confused the shit out of me
1: yeah yeah because even like so we get this scene where he's like oh beth and then like they see each other and then it boom then it just cuts to something else and it just cuts to like the scenes of leland writing in his journal and a lot more like narration and a lot more like oh why is the world this way i don't know i'm gonna write in my journal i just killed somebody man <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and then like uh so this yeah if you have trouble like paying attention to the story as we talk about it do not worry about it it is just so fucking tough i but um, I, I genuinely had a hard time paying attention to this movie yeah i like the only my only motivation in talking about it chronologically right now for the podcast is how much it frustrates me <laughs> trying to put it together <laughs> <laughs> but from the scene where, where he cut back to um to Julie and Becky's house, uh, their name, their last name is the Pollards, so it's their it's their parents, and uh, and also Alan lives there, so Alan is there, and he's like a really nice guy. He's uh, once again, he's Julie's boyfriend, and he lives there, and he's super cool, he's super nice. I thought he was gonna be like a bigger like dickhead in the story, but he's yeah really nice. But we see that he gets a piece of mail and it is an acceptance letter to the uh, University of Iowa, and it's for Julie. And they don't explain anything. This is a B story that develops later, but you can tell that Alan is like shaken up. And then from here, somehow, we cut to a flashback, and it's when Leland and Becky first meet at a record store. Um, Do you want to walk us through this scene?
1: Yeah, so um, they're both looking through records, and Leland looks up at her, and he asks her if she's okay, and then she turns around to see like this old man who's like og- ogling her, and he uh, walks away awkwardly. And she tells him, "Oh, like thanks for um, saving me from that guy." And I forget what he what Leland tells her, but um, he like they kind of like have like this little banter back and forth, and he tells her, "Uh, oh, I think you're really pretty." And she says, Oh, like I haven't heard that word in a while. Like I've heard beautiful and like stuff, but not pretty. Like, Oh, I like that word. And I guess that's where they form like their relationship. That's kind yeah, of, I I, that. <laughs> <laughs> I I just remember
0: seeing the scene. And if I was younger, I think that this movie would really stick with me. And that's one line that I find really stupid now when she's like, I like that word. Pretty people only call me beautiful. And if I was a teenager watching this, I definitely would have uh, remembered that and thought like, when I, whenever I'm going to flirt with a girl, I'm going to call her pretty, and not beautiful, because that 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 she'll like that more. Like on your notebook, just yeah. call girls pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Daily reminder, um, yeah. So a number of things happen from here on out. So um, Pearl hooks up with his coworker Aisha who's played by Kerry Washington. And like we said before, he has a girlfriend back in California, so he's kind of a fucking asshole as well. (laughs) Um, We see that Becky shoots up heroin with some guy. And this guy is obviously her ex-boyfriend because he like keeps hugging her and is like, I missed you. Oh my God. Like, I'm glad you came back to me. And it's very awkward. And she gets high again. And then, um, from here we see that Becky's dad also gets a gun mm-hmm. and fucking, um, I think it's the scene where Leland is being transported into the courtroom. Maybe this happens later, but, uh, Becky's dad is waiting outside and it looks like he's about to pull out the gun to shoot Leland, but he like decides to bail on that last minute. Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> of that uh,
1: dude, I mean, what do you, do you think he should have shot him? <laughs> um, I would have been in the courtroom like,
0: do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking put me out of my misery. This movie sucks. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, um, maybe to make the movie more interesting, you probably should have. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just ends right there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, actually, I, I thought like maybe he would have attempted to shoot him and then it like, maybe it would have brought more like, uh, what's the word? I, well, I, I guess more like excitement toward the film because I mean, in between like all this stuff going on, uh, they Pearl and Leland begin to have uh, one-on-ones. Which Pearl is not supposed to even be having because the, uh, uh, what's the name of people who are in charge of prisons? Uh, Assholes? the Warren, <laughs> Warren Warden, the, yeah. <laughs> warden, the Warden, Warren, <laughs> <laughs> They're all name, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> so the warden tells him like, I don't want you having one-on-ones with this kid. Like he, you can't. Uh, but pearl continues to do so and like through these one-on-ones leland pretty much tells him like how he sees the world and he sees the world as he's very very pessimistic yeah very like oh it's like the world is the world sucks and everyone's sad and the world's terrible and that's why i like i do or he well so they don't they don't even he he keeps exclaiming that he doesn't know why he did it that he really doesn't know why. And Pearl's like, come on, like, there has to be a reason why. And, like, Leland just mentions, like, I'm just... Because he even tells him, like, what do you write in your journal? He's like, oh, I write in my journal, like, how I see the world. And it's just a bunch of, like, pessimistic banter. Like, it's just all depressing shit, honestly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and also, like, Leland is also very smart and astute. Because when they're having these one-on-ones, he... Uh, Leland also calls out Pearl and tells him like, I smell a woman on you. Um, And he tells him like, don't you have a girlfriend that's like in California? Like somehow he just knows all this fucking info. And eventually in a later scene, he just straight up, Leland straight up tells Pearl like, did you fuck her? But he says it in like this very, in his soft Michael Jackson voice, he's like, did you fuck her? And it's just (laughs) like, "Uh." (laughs) can we not do this in the movie, please?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that scene did get kind of weird. Cause he was like very upfront with him. And then Pearl like gets like upset and he, he tells him like, Oh, like, who are he kind of basically tells him, like, who are you to tell me like I'm doing something wrong? And uh Leland's Leland Leland doesn't take it that well. And Leland just mentions again, like, come on, like just admit it. Come on, just admit it, and you wanted to fuck her. Jamona <laughs> Come on now. You know you want to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh like uh yeah, Proke finally gives in. He's like, Yeah, I did. Like, yeah, I wanted to fuck her. I'm a piece of shit. And he says something like along the lines of, uh, Oh yeah. Like what we, uh, said earlier, Pearl mentions that people are like fallible and people can't always make the right choice. Um, and then, so then he begins to ask Leland about what happened with Becky. And then it's revealed that Becky had broken up with Leland a few days prior to like the events of him killing Ryan. And he tells him like you weren't upset, like you didn't snap at her or anything. Like, come on, man. Like it's only human. And Leland says like he says something along the line of along the lines of like I don't want to be like normal people. That's why I didn't yell at her. But where like it goes to the to the uh, flashback, and he's telling Becky like what do you want me to do? Like you want me to yell at you? Like you want me to hit you? I'm not going to oh like I'm sad like yeah I'm sad like it hurts me but I'm not going to show it like normal people and it's like oh come on dude <laughs> that's not normal yeah <laughs> Um, and then I wrote in my notes like what did I put oh yeah he mentioned that he mentions that he doesn't like how he he mentions he doesn't like how he wanted to react the way normal people react yell scream etc Leland is a pessimist <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: and also the like the scene is always undercut because I keep thinking about how inappropriate this conversation is. Like Leland gets Pearl in this gotcha moment of like, Hey, you cheated on your girlfriend with this fucking girl that you like. Like that's fucked up. And Pearl just gives in and is like, Yeah, you're right, I did. And then they have this heart to heart of like, see, we both fucked up and like mm-hmm. we both can be redeemed though. But at the same time it's like a teacher is telling a student, yeah, I fucked this girl. Yeah. It's just so like, you shouldn't talk about that stuff with kids. (laughs) Like, it's just so fucking strange.
1: Yeah. And then like, so we did kind of like skip through (laughs) a (laughs) lot. Cause there's a, there is a scene where Pearl sits down with Albert. Like he can find mm-hmm. like Pearl finally gets to sit down with his father and he begins to ask his father questions. And Albert puts together that Pearl wants to write a book about Leland. Right. And he's like, oh, OK, so you're at a chapter two now. And Pearl's like, huh? And he goes, you're talking to me. You're talking to the father of the killer. That's chapter two. Right. You want to write a book about. Um, you want to write a book about Leland and he gets upset. He tells him like, I don't want you, uh, exploiting my son while at the same time, he didn't even go to visit him in, in yeah. jail
0: really um, fucked
1: up. Yeah. And then, so like right after this, um, there is a one-on-one that Leland and Pearl are having and Leland mentions that he never saw his father since he was six. Yeah, And Pearl is taken aback by this because he said, wait, I thought you went to um, Italy with your father. And he says, well, no. So every year my father would send me tickets because he moved to Paris. He would send me tickets to go visit him. And in doing so, there was one time when he was a little kid that he was catching a uh, connecting flight from. Fuck, I don't even know where this movie takes place. Um, yeah, I'm not sure either. I want to say
0: California, but he has a connecting flight to New York Mm -hmm. and he finds out that, or like he decides that he's just going to stay in New York. And so as a teenager, the first time he's planning to visit his dad, he calls up his dad from a local hotel and tells him the plan. Like, I'm just going to stay in New York. And his dad decides it's a good idea that it'll yeah. be character. And it's just like, dude, what the fuck is this shit? Like, who does this in their right mind? He says like, hey, that's kind of cool of you, kiddo.
1: <laughs> Gives me more time to be misogynistic. Good idea, son. <laughs> Gives me more time to uh, touch up on men out here in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and like the crazy thing is, is that Leland mentions, like, oh, yeah, so no hotel felt comfortable with giving me a room, which I mean, makes sense, but that also sounds like insane because basically they're going to throw this kid out in the street, which is exactly what happens. So Leland goes to a movie theater and he's like, oh, maybe I'll just hide out in here for a few days. And this family who's watching a movie next to him notice his duffel bags. And they invite him over to stay with him, which is, uh, also kind of insane. Uh,
0: at this story, like, I I think if, if someone went in to get like a punch up or like some type of critique, I think the
1: number one critique of the story is like too unrealistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this family, uh, takes him in and they're very wealthy And he basically stays with them and he mentions like, oh, yeah, their daughter tried to kiss me, but I wasn't into it. And he talks about how he looks into um, the mother whose name is Mrs. Caldwell, I believe her name is. I think their their last name is uh, Calderon. Calderon. Yeah, that's right. Calderon. And um, he says he mentions like, oh, the city of New York had like this electricity and I didn't want to leave and then he mentions like every time I looked into Mrs. Calderon's eyes, I saw this electricity, and uh um yeah, he just mentions that he stays with he stayed with his family for a few days and yeah. Literally every time his father after that would try to send him uh tickets on flights, he just wouldn't accept them. Yeah. Or he would take the flights, but
0: somehow magically every flight, the connecting flight was out of New York. So instead of going on these trips that he promised his dad and, and was telling everyone else he was going on, he just went to New York to spend time with the Calderons every summer. And um so Pearl through this uh, deduces somehow. I think someone else mentions it in a previous scene that since ever since Leland came back from his l- last trip, that he's not been the same. And so Pearl asks him, like, "So what happened the last time you saw Mrs. Uh, the Calderons?" And Leland dodges the question. And we get back yeah. to this later on. Um, from the scene, we see uh, Alan. He gets Becky back home. He beats up uh, Becky's ex boyfriend Kevin, who is a drug dealer. And takes her back home, um, and then also we see that um, Alan and Julie are talking. Um, Julie, uh, Alan confronts Julie about going to um, getting an acceptance letter letter to to uh, Iowa University, and uh, Alan tells her like I thought our plan was to go to ASU, like we we're supposed to go together. And uh, she says, like, I don't want to do that. I want to go to Iowa. And he says, OK, well, no problem. I'll go to ASU. You go to Iowa. We'll visit each other during the breaks. And she tells him, like, I think we should break up. I don't want to be together. Like, ever since you moved in, it's like we're married and everything is just like set in stone. And it's just like, I feel so bad for Alan in the scene. Yeah. Like, he's just such a nice guy trying his best. But hey, what can you do if you don't
1: like someone you don't want to be with someone then? fuck it (laughs) yeah he definitely like he definitely goes above and beyond for this family which i mean obviously like he shows great um uh damn what's the word he shows like great admiration for them because like they took him in uh there is this flashback where leland is getting a ride or no sorry leland walks home ryan and he's introduced to like the father and the mother for the first time, he says, Oh yeah. Like I usually walk with Ryan. Like it's okay. Like it's no big deal. Becky, like couldn't make it. And so Alan's giving Leland a ride home and, uh, Alan tells Leland, Oh yeah. They took me in. My father couldn't care less. Uh, he always liked my, uh, sister more anyway. So I told him I was moving out and then they, like he said, fine. And, he begins to open up to Leland a little bit. And after this, as he's dropping him off, he tells Leland, hey, like, so do you know why Becky's in this uh, school? Which is a school for, um, I want to say, like, I don't know. You're you're a, uh academic. How would you describe it? Like, for the links? It's a, it's a school for fuck-ups. Mm. Um, <laughs> no. I, <I've... laughs> that was very academic. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I forgot the term that he uses. I think it's something like, ah, um, uh, like probationary students or something like that. Yeah, but it's just it's just a school, a school for students that have been like habitually getting in trouble.
1: Yeah, and so he breaks it to Leland that Becky is going to the school because of drugs, and he pretty much tells Leland like, yeah, Becky is a drug user. She takes heroin. And Leland, it's funny because, like, he has, like, this, like, kind of scared look on his face. Mm -hmm. And he finally, like, tells him, and he's like, oh, all right. (laughs) He just like. Oh, that's it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if someone told me that the the chick I was going out with was, like, a heroin um, user, like, frequent user, I'd be like, oh, let's try to get her help or something. (laughs) Yeah. I can fix her. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah, so Alan's a really like nice guy, but his fascination like and love for the Pollard family is just a little like, all right, dude, like relax a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then from this scene, uh, we also see that Pearl finally gets fucking caught up. Um, he has Aisha over in the morning, and he gets a phone call, and Aisha picks up, and guess what? His girlfriend in California, um, fucking picks up the phone. And so they have this fight. And this is the scene where already Pearl is such an asshole, but he comes off even worse is that he's arguing with his girlfriend back in California through the phone. And he says out loud, you've been gone for three months. What was I supposed to do? And I said out loud, that's it. Three fucking months. You couldn't
1: wait. (laughs) Damn dude, relax. Yeah. I like how he keeps telling her too, like, Hey, like, you know, like, we should be two uh, rational people trying to talk. I can't talk to you if you're being irrational. <laughs> he just Dude. gets frustrated. And he's like, you were away for three months.
0: I hate when he said that. Like you're be like, I hate when people argue with me like that. Like you're, oh, you're being too much right now. You're being like, it reminds me of uh, my fucking uh, one of my siblings. <laughs> I don't want to say which one. <laughs> one of them. But, you- yeah. There's only a.
1: There's, there's only, only two of people.
0: them so 50% per- one will think it's the other one it's
1: okay <laughs> um, yeah um also like it's kind of wild how he's just having these arguments like right outside of his classroom
0: yeah dude <laughs> and, like, like he goes no fucks <laughs> just in front of all his coworkers um so from this scene we we cut to when Uh, Becky breaks up with Leland and I wanted to point out that throughout the movie after these scenes happen that Ryan has a monologue that he gets into and he he says it in his like soft little voice but like these monologues always start with like him saying something that's supposed to be profound but it just like ages the movie a lot because after Becky breaks up with Leland he says something to the effect of like when I see a couple in love all I think about is them growing old and withering and it's like Shut the
1: fuck up, dude! <laughs> <laughs>
0: so stupid.
1: That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's um, he's yeah. He says that he like that's kind of like where he begins to say like how he sees the world, and he right. that he can't see like any good in it because he already knows like the worst is going to happen, or he expects mm-hmm. the worst to happen. Um, then right after this, Alan goes into an auto shop and robs it (laughs) dude this is this is the other point of the movie i was like what the fuck is going on dude (laughs) it came out of nowhere yeah yeah i was kind of like i was so thrown off by this i was like what the hell like are are the is the family like losing money like why is this guy going into this auto shop and i like how when he when they give him the money, he goes, Thank you. <laughs> he just walked
0: out. <laughs> yeah, I like, I love the two actors uh, that are playing the mechanics that are getting held up because they show like a lot of fear. But when Alan leaves, uh, the ba- one of the, the mechanics oh, in the yeah. back is like, He's like, Whoa, what the hell was that about? <laughs> yeah. Like, just yeah so, like, like,
1: what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's
0: then... very, he does it like very realistically. Though. Yeah. Like, yeah, anyways.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then um. so right after this, like the next scene is um, Pearl gets pulled from the class with uh, the, the one which Leland uh, was in. The uh, w- warden, who could be named Warren, uh, finds out <laughs> Finds out that uh, he was having one-on-ones with Leland. He tells him like, oh, I should have you fired. Like I told you specifically not to do something. You did it um so then we see that pearl is like grabbing his stuff and leland go- goes up to me he's like oh um me and the guys were wondering if we can get some like rec time outside and he's like oh i can't like i'm not your teacher he goes, really he's like oh maybe i'll well he says like oh maybe i'll see you tomorrow he's like no like i'm permanently not your teacher and he tells him like oh, i'm, I'm sorry and he hands over his journals to uh pearl oh. he's like oh here like, you can read this like and right after this, Alan is shown getting arrested. Uh, so the mother is outside. You can hear her yelling. And then, I'm sorry, what's, the, what's Michelle Williams' name in this movie again? Uh, Julie. Julie. And then Julie runs out, and they watch Alan get put in this car. And he, tells, he looks back at them, and he tells them, I'm sorry, I was just trying to figure out a way to get out of town.
0: Yeah, and then I was very confused at that point and just like, what the fuck was he trying to do? Um, So then that happens, and then from this scene, we also see that uh, Albert and Pearl have one last one-on-one, and Pearl really, like, lays into Albert, telling him, like, you're a fucking deadbeat, you did nothing to help your son, like, you think I'm a piece of shit because I was trying to write a book about him, like, you're here also trying to get your next story, like, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. And so... Um, Albert tells him like he, I think he gives him like permission to write the book and he tells him like yeah good luck with that I can't wait to pick it up next to the uh checkout aisle or some shit Yeah. and then um he tells him like this is the reason why you'll never be a good writer because Pearl tells him like to go fuck off and he's not going to write the book so he says like this is why you'll never be a good writer and then Pearl retorts with no this is why I'll never be a bastard and he walks away and I thought
1: it was shitty line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's it's also like like fair to mention that um, yeah, Leland definitely had a pretty fucked up like upbringing. Because yeah, at this point, like I was mentioning earlier, his father never goes to visit him. Mm-hmm. He never really tries to confront or uh, come. Sorry, confront. Uh, comfort uh, Beth who's Leland's mother. And uh, I believe that Pearl was kind of on the money with that. Like uh, Albert was just there to kind of just collect information. And he probably would write a book about Leland. And he does to the effect, Albert does admit like, you know what? Like I know I've done like some fucked up shit in my life, Um, but who are you to judge? And that's where they get into that um that argument he's like who are you to judge like you're trying to write a book about my son um but yeah dude this guy's it's so insane that there are people out there that are exactly like this guy albert that just look out for themselves don't give a shit about like anybody besides themselves yeah it's such a
0: fucking bleak story and every character in it just like adds something else that's really bleak but like albert in particular is just a huge dickhead like i guess because his character is not fleshed out anymore but there's just like i find no remorse for him or kevin spacey so that's you know falls in line (laughs) so um from this scene we see that julie and becky they're both sisters right and like Mm -hmm. they never fucking talk you can see that their relationship is very strained um but finally becky goes to talk to julie and tells her like I'm going to get my shit together. I'm sorry the way I've been. Um, I want to let you know that I never knew for one minute what Leland was intending to do with our brother to murder Ryan. Um, And uh, I hope you don't blame me and this and that. And finally the embrace. And it's like a sweet moment of these two sisters finally like reconnecting after all this trauma. And so we cut to the end of our movie. Um, We see that Pearl is uh, back at work. He has a new group of students And he is like on the phone with his GF and and his GF. I wrote down GF. I never say that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) He's on the phone with his girlfriend and um, he's trying to like make up with her. And like you can see that things are like coming back to normal. Um, And Pearl brought a lunch tray to work. I want to point out that they like super like focus on this lunch tray. To put together so that you can, you know, think that something bad's going to happen. Because on the lunch tray, there's a knife that Pearl's going to use to, like, peel his apple or whatever he has. And then suddenly it goes missing. And the fucking camera, like, zooms in on it, missing. So it, like, really lays it on thick of, like, oh, shit, this knife (laughs) is missing now. And um, do you want to walk us through the rest of this scene?
1: Yeah. I mean, also... Why the fuck are you bring a knife into prison? Dude, yeah, like <laughs> you don't think that would
0: be a rule there? Like, hey, by the way, you work here with fucking juvenile delinquents, don't
1: bring a knife. Like, yeah, you're working around someone who just killed somebody. <laughs> and so this maybe guy's not like, have a sharp Man, what am I supposed to cut my, my apple with? <laughs> that was a terrible dungeon you know, person. <laughs> <laughs> A little problematic. You can do Mexican people, dude. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay, I won't, I'll I'll I won't do that again. <laughs> um, but so yeah, so he finds his knife missing, and um, but then we cut to outside and we see that uh, the classroom got, or sorry, Leland's class was able to get some rec time, so they're all outside playing mm. basketball. And Leland is playing with like this frequent, I guess one is I want to say friend that he has in the jail. The ball gets tossed into the yard. So he goes out to the yard and we see like this group of kids in a line um, at like the corner of the screen. And this one kid has is holding a knife in the back of his uh, like kind of like towards his back to hide it. And then all of a sudden turns around and starts sprinting at Leland.
0: He does like a Naruto run.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You reminded me of like that guy from Get Out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He he was like booking it to Leland. I was like, oh, shit, what's happening? And Leland grabs the ball, looks up, and it's Alan. And Leland even says, oh, hey, Alan. (laughs) And Alan... It doesn't show it, but Alan kills the fuck out of Leland. <laughs> he got
0: his ass, dude. Um, yeah, that I do want to say all the shit we were talking, I totally did not see this twist coming. I had yeah. no idea that obviously it makes sense in retrospect that why Alan robbed that fucking uh, mechanic, but like pretty fucking good reveal. I was not expecting that.
1: Yeah. Also like um I think, like, because of the breakup with Julie, you definitely see Alan, like, taking more of, seeing, like, all the trauma and stuff that the family's going through. Because there's, like, a sm- super small scene where they bury Ryan, and these reporters are trying to bug um, the father and the mother, and he's, he's like, we just buried our son. Like what? Like, what do I have to tell you? And the mother breaks down And you can just see this look on Alan's face of like pure hate. Like he just hates seeing this family this way. So yeah, I guess in his mind he thought, okay, I'm going to find a way to get into this jail and I'm going to
0: kill Leland. And Julie's going to love me again. Yeah. (laughs) While I'm in jail. (laughs) He's like that one guy who tried to assassinate um, Ronald Reagan to get uh, what's-her-face's attention jody foster have you what? never heard about this oh no. fuck, now i gotta google it fuck i forgot his name yeah it's uh john hinckley jr and he tried to assassinate ronald reagan and then when he got caught he did shoot him but he didn't but ronald reagan didn't die unfortunately. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so when he was caught, he said, yeah, I did this to get Jody Foster's attention. What? Um, and now he's out on parole and you can buy, he makes art for a living and you can buy his art. If you want, just look up John Hinckley
1: Jr. <laughs> what the hell? Wow. You never, you never heard about that? No, I've never heard about that. <laughs> oh man. Well, maybe that's, <laughs> yeah, that's future what, for Alan. He'll become an artist. <laughs> <deal>. <laughs> that's what Alan did. Um, so
0: yeah. So from this scene, we finally get the fucking reveal of what happened to Leland in his last trip to New York. So it's revealed that the last trip he took to New York, miss Calderon his like, uh, the family he always sees, uh, the Mr. Calderon cheated on Mrs. Calderon Calderon. I have such trouble saying their name. And so, um, Leland spends the whole trip just comforting Mrs. Calderon, and he sees that she is very, like, sad because uh, her marriage is over. And also, they sleep together. Leland is, like, 17, and Miss Calderon is substantially older, probably. And so he's, you know, they they treat it as, like, oh, wow, they had a a connection and they had sex or something. But it's, like, he's a minor. He was molested. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. strange
1: yeah and then um there's like this narration and you kind of get an idea as to why uh leland killed ryan and he mentions like when i this was all written in the journal uh that uh, so pearl's like pretty much reading it uh but um leland pretty much went back saw how gray and like how truly like terrible the world is because he said that he went back and he looked into Mrs. Calderon's eyes and there was no electricity. Like there is that there there was no spark there anymore. And that's all he could think about. And so when he came back from this trip, he started to really observe Ryan. And uh he began to see that people are always telling Ryan like what not to do. And like things to avoid, but at the same time, he's thinking to himself like, why don't they teach him like things that can bring him like joy? And he mentions like, oh, uh, I even noticed that Ryan likes um this his uh teaching assistant or his teacher, but this woman will never know that about him. And he just keeps thinking about it, and he even describes it as like a feeling of of uh. Like some type of anxiety, like in his chest, like like some type of uh, stress or pressure on his chest. And all he can think about is how bleak and sad Ryan's life is. So he decided to kill him.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the ending is that our main protagonist, Leland, was molested. He comes back depressed and decides to kill a person with special needs um <laughs> it is so fucking strange dude like they try to prop it as like oh wow like leland just felt a lot and he really really felt bad for ryan in this situation but it's like the message is like this guy thought of no other alternative of just like you know what's the best thing for these people we should just kill them like it's yeah very, like what the fuck are you talking about like that's the message you're putting in the movie like why
1: (laughs) yeah i honestly don't i honestly don't get like what i don't understand what you're supposed to get after this movie like like what you could take away from it that the world is shit so if you see somebody who's having a shittier experience in life than you then you should kill them
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh someone's so exhausted
1: (laughs) <laughs> I feel, yeah, after watching
0: this fucking movie. um, I feel so exhausted talking about it. Like, I'm just so fucking, like, what was the point of that? Like, am I just not a person with enough, like, depth to, like, understand? Because I don't fucking get the message. Like, yeah. I'm so mad at this
1: movie. <laughs> I can, like, I can see what it was trying to go for, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't land on it. Like... Like that that end ending to where like, okay, like this guy's constantly like this guy's really depressed, and this guy's dealing with something traumatic that happened to him, yeah, and like now he obviously uh has this constant state of like anxiety, or he's always worrying about like the 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 I guess the quality of life of other people, but to yeah. equate it to like, yeah, so I'm gonna kill him. That makes absolutely no sense.
0: You know what would have been better if it was like the character Leland uh, is assisting like a friend or someone who wants to commit suicide who is depressed or something? Because like, dude, like you feel you feel bad for someone who has special needs. So you're so you're going to kill them to make their life better. Like that is so fucking weird, dude. Like, Yeah. I, I really hate I hate the ending I really do <laughs> um so from this we cut back to reality and it's um everyone over Leland and he's Leland's obviously dead Alan says it's over and then we have shots of like every character who's introduced in the movie just like reflecting on like their life or whatever and then we end on pearl uh, arriving to laX and his girlfriend is there waiting for him so we end on a at least one little happy note. Of like, oh yeah, Pearl is gonna rekindle his relationship with his
1: girlfriend, and then that's the ending. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> this movie was actually produced by Kevin Spacey too, which it's, is yeah, surprising. I saw that at the
0: end credits. I was like, yeah, fucking idiot. Of course he, of course he saw this movie and was like, oh my
1: god, this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this guy wants to kill your buddy, so do I. <laughs> <The> movie <laughs> fantastic.
0: Um. Yeah, I, I can't believe I can't believe how much I dislike this movie. I think like because it's so fresh in my mind, like it is probably the worst movie that Ryan Gosling has ever done, in my opinion. But that being said,
1: <laughs> since we're at the end,
0: <laughs> Emilio, give me a summary of your final thoughts of the movie and assign it a rating from one to five.
1: You know, this is just like a very convoluted um poorly edited movie the pacing doesn't work there is i guess the message of the movie is that there's just constant bad shit going on in the world and you should be like pearl and be like oh maybe I should do the right thing um yeah i i don't i don't think i would rewatch this um I wasn't a big fan of this movie. There's just too many characters. There's too much. There's just too much shit going on. And like the big reveal is like, oh yeah, I was DuPoinky. So I saw how DuPoinky Ryan was. So I decided to kill him. Like, sorry. (laughs) I was DuPoinky. I'm sorry. (laughs) Was Uh, I not supposed to kill him? Sorry. Yeah, like, why didn't he just kill Mrs. Calderon then? Maybe he did. Yeah. That, see, that would oh. be more
0: exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be better. That would be way fucking better. And it turns out Jesus. he becomes
1: like a serial killer. Whenever he has, like, a depressing, like, moment with somebody, he just kills them. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> What's your uh, score?
1: Oh, uh... damn yeah i think i'd give this like a one out of five fuck um yeah very
0: respectable um so i agree with everything you've said i think the ending really fucking pissed me off the twist with alan being the one who kills him was pretty good but dude like how the fuck did this movie go through so many people and now one person was like hey maybe we should change it from him murdering a person with special needs to like literally anyone else why can't we do that um (laughs) fuck man like it seems so easy to do um i hate kevin spacey he can go fuck himself (laughs) um i love uh don cheeto he's awesome obviously we love ryan gosling um, uh, Michelle Williams is fucking awesome. in This movie, um, Chris Klein is super good in this movie. He's such a likable character. Kerry Washington's also cool. Um, the actor that plays Mrs. Calderon is Sherilyn Flet- uh, Fenn, and she's probably most known for her, um, portrayal as Audrey Horn in, uh, Twin Peaks. So that was really cool seeing her. Um, and yeah, but fuck, man, this movie really pisses me off. <laughs> um, Damn, my joke up until this point has been giving every movie a 5 out of 5. Um, and I'm having a tough time doing this, but hey, because the joke is funny, I'm going to give this a 5 out of 5. Boo! Uh, <laughs> boo! Um, so our la- our next thing, um, in the pantheon of Ryan Gosling fil- uh, films, placing it all the way up to an S, all the way down to an F, where are you going to place this movie? F. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did this movie sucked. <laughs> this movie was not good. I mean, I actually would encourage people not to watch this, but if you are inclined to watch it, knock yourself out. And I don't know, you maybe it. you're uh depoinky enough to like it and appreciate it and find yourself in um Leland. But I'm not that to pointy,
0: not yet at least. Yeah,
1: <laughs> give me like two more years, and maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> give me like two more years of four day benders, and we'll see
1: what happens. <laughs> I'll definitely start hitting myself after that.
0: <laughs> um, I say four year benders? I meant to say four day benders.
1: No, I think I, heard I day.
0: remember. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I've. I feel like this movie is trying to be real deep and the subject matter is just fucking dumb. Like, it just doesn't work out. I would have never watched this movie had it it weren't for our podcast. So, yeah, and I don't plan to watch it again. So, I'm going to give this (laughs) an F as well. Damn. So, last question. Are we literally him? Are you literally Leland from the United States of Leland? Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you hear it in my voice? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm definitely, I definitely can be bleak, but I'm not that bleak. Um, I definitely wouldn't kill somebody that has a, a disability. Um, definitely. What if they.
0: But what if they really made you sad? Would you
1: do it then? <laughs> I mean, if I had to then. <laughs> Shit, I hate being sad. Yeah. I don't like seeing people sad, so. I will <laughs> just kill them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I don't see any quality. I don't see any trait in this guy where I can be like remotely like him. We both have long hair right now. That's about it. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Like this is a character like Leland is alright. It's just the 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 justification of killing the character Ryan was just really pissed me off and I really dislike it. Um, do I have bouts of feeling like I'm sad? Sure, yeah. But to this extent, no. Never. So yeah, I'm literally not him. <laughs> Damn. Also, he use that, that word in here a lot. Like way he's too our word way too many fucking times. It's really bad. <laughs> All right, everyone. That'll do it for our episode. Next week, we will be watching Song to Song. So go ahead and check that out if you want to listen to our episode beforehand. But um, yeah. Amelia, um, what should the people rate us?
1: Uh, they should give us so many good ratings, like so many, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. It would really make me happy, and not the pointy anymore. And I wouldn't make me want to go and kill somebody with a uh, disability. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah. So this is on you guys. You really gotta <laughs> fucking give it to us. Um. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.